we opened up and uh, shared how uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was in a situation where the, the, the you know, similar to their uh, mentor Daniel were being set up um, because they were, you know, basically representing God and, and then all the favor that was on them. Imagine we deal with envy, jealousy sometimes when we just have favor around the people that we know that are familiar with us, that are you know, they could be growing with us at church. They could be growing with us at our jobs. It could be even in our own families. But imagine being taken captives into a whole nother culture and you are identified as a slave and you still have a top position over those <laughs> that are actually a part of that kingdom. So you can imagine the 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 level of uh, envy and jealousy that they were dealing with. So they basically tried to set them up and and if, you know, they set up a little decree if, if, the, if everybody didn't worship uh, the king's gods or images when the music sounded off, you know, they basically be thrown into the fire. Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego said, we can't compromise. Now some of us, as we grow, we struggle to to honor or to represent God, and it could just be something as simple as being at the job, and you know this is an opportunity for Jesus to come up, and you're tempted to hide him. But here they're in a situation where their life is on the line. They could die, and they says, "Well, you know, if we got to die, King, we got to die." Now, now these are top people that were affording him the 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 uh, prosperity and the favor and and basically the leadership that he was in. And so he didn't want nothing to happen, but again, it is what it is. And, and so, so they made a statement. They says, well, uh, God will just have to save us. God will just have to save us. And if God can't save us, we still ain't bound down to no other gods. <laughs> and so the king got upset because they, he took it as irreverence. So he says, turn that, the flames up seven times hotter. Seven times out of the flame was so hot, the people that were supposed to throw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fire, they got burnt up. And because they were the ones holding them, because they were bound, you know, they, they couldn't, you know, when, you, when you're bound, it's hard for you to keep your balance, you know, because you ever, when you first learn balance, they tell you to hold your hands out and stuff like that. But imagine if you're bound and you're on the edge and you're tempted to fall. And, and the people holding you, they fall in. Well, it's kind of hard for you to hold on because you don't have nothing to grab, to, to brace yourself. So they fell in anyway. And then the king looks down and sees that. He says, well, I thought we threw three people in there. He says, but it's you know, one looks like uh, uh, the son of God. So again, uh, they're in this fire and they come out and he recognizes that they didn't get burned up and 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 he saw the Lord in there with them. Um, it's kind of what our artwork depicts over here. Uh, that's a furnace and I just threw four guys in there. <laughs> so, so, but that's what it's depicting, you know. Just uh, he he saw them they, and it said that they they were uh, unsinged. Even their clothes didn't get burned. You know, a miracle was taking place. 
and uh, so so that's powerful. They were they went in the fire and found out they were fireproof. And so we had talked about last week. It's kind of hard to even realize you're fireproof. You might have to stay in a fire a little longer. And so we're so tempted anytime it gets hot or uncomfortable. Anytime it gets hot or uncomfortable, we're tempted to uh, uh, to run, retreat, uh, try to uh, comfort ourselves, and try to try to find an easy way out. But they actually had to hold on and sustain some things. But what they discovered through that process is they were fireproof. But they had to go into a fire seven times hotter. Uh, or a situation seven times hotter than normal to recognize really that 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 uh, no weapon formed against them could prosper. And so God takes you through that, not necessarily as a punishment, but when he's taking you, you have to know your fireproof. Because those are the because the adversary is going to attempt to not only attack you, but attack you again and attack you again and attack you again. And you have to know, bring it. I'm fireproof. And so we gave the example of, you know, the seven times higher. The seven times is, is, is so interesting. Uh, now it's the number of completion. So to be completely fireproof is different to be partially fireproof. <laughs> that means part of you can get burned, right? Right? Yeah, you know, you're a fireman and you just put on enough of the 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 clothing just to cover, you know, maybe your chest was so you cool with your legs getting burnt? <laughs> or if you cover your legs and your chest but you don't cover your face, you I know you ain't cool with your face getting burnt, you know. Much time as we spend in the mirror. Right, so the goal was to be completely fireproof. So we said it reminds us of how we uh, the things that we go through in our lives and how behind the scenes how the adversary tries to attack us so we said gave you the example the, the parable that says uh, when the strong man is cast out so so it's given an example of when you're going through stuff and you gain victory over it it says when that strong man is cast out the, the strong man which is the, 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 the demonic spirit that was trying to possess you and keep you. It could have been lust. It could have been fear. Whatever the case may be. He says when it's cast out, that spirit is homeless now. And it can't be comfortable unless it has a home, a place to, to occupy, to navigate and what it wants to do. So it goes out and it's like I'm homeless and it's traveling. And it says, hold on a second. Like, let me let me go back and see if I can reoccupy the house I was in. But it doesn't, it goes back first and, and supervises and it checks to see if the house is still empty. See, if it goes back and it sees the house empty, the scripture says, then that demon goes find seven other demons greater than itself and comes back and reoccupies the same house. And, and the Bible says the state of that man is worse than it was before. So that's likened to someone that has been delivered and actually snaps back into what they've done before. But they're not going to be the way they were before. It's going to be even harder to be delivered because now that demon has gotten support. See, that's why you don't, you don't once you're delivered, you don't return. 
Because you won't be the way you were before. But we're casual with it sometimes. Sometimes we're delivered. Well, that's no big deal. Oh, no, it is a big deal. It's a seven times harder and hotter big deal. Right? And, and so I, I, we share this at the church a lot of times. Well, why did the demon come back and check the house out first? When he got kicked out, like when, you know, somebody kicked you out, how come he just didn't go get his boys right away? Well, he came back because he knew if you're... If that house was occupied or filled with the Holy Spirit, he can get a thousand demons and he can't do nothing. But once he recognized that person, yes, got delivered, but they didn't fill themselves up with the spirit. So now I can get some demonic assistance to reoccupy so I'm not just as easily kicked out. So that's why we can't be casual with the things that we're trying to change, right? Because, see, so we, so we have to endure some things, which we'll talk about here today, until we're fireproof. Now, our topic last week was fireproof seven times hotter, right? And so today our topic is fireproof, but the fire quenchers, the fire quenchers. And so let's go back and revisit. I'm going to need another microphone, please. Let's go back and revisit uh, Psalm 66. Psalm 66. And we'll start here at verse 10. We'll start here at verse 10. It says, but thou hast proved us. Now, we're, now, now again, that word prove is, of course, it's a testing word. And it's a, it's a trying word, like we talked about last week. Uh, the trying of your faith. Uh, first, first Peter 1, 7. So it's, a, it's, a, it's a, well, let's keep going. For thou hast proved us, thou hast tried us, or tested us, as silver is tried. Thou brought us us into the net thou lays, lays, latest affliction upon our loins thou has caused men to ride over our heads we went through the fire and through the water but thou brought us, us out into a wealthy place thou, thou brought us, us out into a wealthy place now look here it says Thou has proved us, thou has tried us as silver is tried. So we talked about last week the uh, what we go through when we're tried as silver, and I'll I'll, I'll revisit it. Um, something I gave you last week called the refiner's fire. see where is it here okay so Malachi 3 3 says this it says he will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver again referring to God it says the verse puzzled some women in a Bible study and they wondered what this statement meant about the character and nature of God one of the women offered to find out the process of refining silver and get back to the group at the next Bible study. That week, the woman called a silversmith and made an appointment to watch him at work. She didn't mention anything 
about the reason for her interest beyond her curiosity about the re process of refining silver. As she watched the silversmith, he held a piece of silver over the fire and let it heat up. He explained that in refining silver, one needed to hold the silver in the middle of the fire where the flames were hottest as to burn away all the impurities. She had to set it in the center there. And so I thought about like being in the middle of God's presence, sitting smack dab in the middle of God's presence, who is what? An all-consuming fire, Hebrews 12, 29. The woman thought about God holding us in such a hot spot. Then she thought again about the verse that says, he sits as a refiner and purifier of silver. She asked the silversmith if it was true that he had to sit there in front of the fire the whole time the silver was being refined. The man answered, yes. He says, he not only had to sit there holding the silver, but he had to keep his eyes on the silver the entire time it was in the fire. If the silver was left a moment too long in the flames, it would be destroyed. The woman was silent for a moment. Then she asked the silversmith, silversmith, well, how do you know when the silver is fully refined? He smiled at her and answered, oh, that's easy. When I see my image in it. And so we talked about that last week, how the process of refining that silver one, he had to sit it in the center in the middle of the fire, the hottest point. And it had to be there for a while. Then he had to keep watching it because if it was there too long, the flame was so hot it would consume it. Right? So it had to be in there just right to pure out what it, the impurities, but to maintain the silver. And so we have to sit in the presence of God long enough, he's an all-consuming fire, to burn out the impurities but not to lose who we are. Not to lose our original design or God's image. And then when she says, well, how do you know when it's done? How does God know when we're done? When he looks in and he sees his image. When he sees what he designed, we're made his image and after his likeness. And so... We're so tempted to avoid or to get around some of these testings and these trials. Uh, some of us say to ourselves, we're ready to run. Some of us go, it doesn't take all that. Some people even say to themselves, well, that's what other people go through. I don't really need that. I've gone through enough in my life. Remember, that's something I used to think. Well, God was like, the stuff you're going through in your life, that was because of your rebellion, your ignorance, and your dumbness. What I'm taking you through is to purify you for what I purposed you to do. And so we have to sit there long enough until God sees what he designed. See, see, we may be tempted when it gets three times as hot to say, well, that's enough. That should be enough. Some things have been pured out. More has been poured out than before. I'm not doing some of the things I did before. Well, actually, some of the things that's being burnt out, you wasn't supposed to be doing anyway. But they still were impurities. Now the fire is still getting hot to burn out the stuff that God was going to burn out if you never did what you did before anyway. The stuff that you pick up because you're born in sin and shaping in iniquity. The stuff that you pick up because we're, we're evolving in this world. I was talking to a young man today 
when we were talking about uh, children, you know, that getting to getting to an age where you know they're young and everything is cute and we just have fun. But then as you get older, now their friends have choices too. They're exposed to more on the internet. Some of them have phones with all the options and no no uh, we call them uh, uh, parental controls, right? And then some of them. Some of them have the have the the ability to be able to get around to going to different houses and being exposed to different things. Well, the more they're exposed to, exposes you, right? And your children. Well, now it's not just about we're buddies. Hey, buddy. Hey, hey, pal. Now it's you'll find your 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 kids now have to choose how who they want to interact with as friends. But, but in, in their mind, we cool. But it's not about being cool. It's about what you're exposed to. See, see, all those things that we were talking about that today and how a lot of times we don't want to mess up what's comfortable. You know, as, even as your children grow. There's a stage where it's like, oh, that's my baby. And some of us want to keep seeing them through those lenses even though now they've grown to have choices. So now you have to do what's best. But we're tempted to go, but that's my baby. That's always been my boo. It's still your boo, but you got to be do what's best for boo now. You see, you know what that is? That's the refining fire. That's what God does. God loves us. When we're birthed into this earth realm, God's excited. God's going, that's my, that's my man. That's my, that's my baby. That's my sweetheart. But as we grow because we've been exposed to things, he's still got to put us in that fire. He, and he's got to leave us in there until he sees his image. Not just what he likes, but what he loves. What he designed and what he purposed. And so we got to stay in that fire a little longer. We can't be tempted to jump out. Right? So, so, so we got we to stay in there until we're fired. Until we... To not only we're fireproof, we know we're fireproof. Scripture says in Deuteronomy 8, 2, it says God takes us through the wilderness, allows us to go through the wilderness, number one, to humble us, number two, to prove us, test us, try us, put us in the fire, right? And number three, so we'll know uh, whether he, we'll keep his commandments or not. You will say we're keeping his commandments, but you don't know if you're fireproof until you've gone through the fire. But see, once you go through, because a lot of times we go, well, God, I don't understand why you didn't take me to that level. God's going because you're not fireproof. God's going because, see, if you was fireproof at every level, you'll keep my commandments. But I know when you, when you get to level three, you ain't keeping my commandments. I know once I give you a little bit of prosperity, I might not even see you at church. You'll be so busy enjoying what I've given you, you'll forget about who gave it to you. So God's going on. I know that you go, no, no, not me, God. I would never do that. He go, okay, now let me put you in the fire so you can see what's really in you. Not what you feel like is in you, but what's really in you. So we, you, we find ourselves going through levels and everything's going great and then we drop our guard. We, we don't do the things we was doing before. And then it gets crazy. It gets crazy at work. The finances shift. Everything that we got that was new now looks old. 
And we go, I don't understand. How did this happen? God's going, I never gave it to you not for us to spend time together. I gave it to you as a gift, as an appreciation for you, for richly all things to enjoy, 1 Timothy 6, 17, but also for you to continue. Look, I'm freeing you up now to do my will. Not freeing you up not to spend time in my will. All right? I so 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 again that's that's what a part of being fireproof is. So it says he brought us um we were reading Psalm sixty six, for thou hast proved us and hast tried us as silver is tried. Thou brought us into the net, thou latest affliction upon our loins, allowed some things. This is the Old Testament. It says, thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. There's been plenty of people that's been, seems like, out ahead of us. We went through the fire. Look, try and test it through the water, but thou brought us, us out into a wealthy place. And so that's been God's goal. Right, so let me see. Let me just keep going here. And let's look at Psalm 112. Let's go to Psalm 112. It's an old story. I've told it before. And as you know, we grow different situations, different people. Well, I know some people actually have been around, heard the story. But this what they was in the room, but they wasn't present. So, so yes, you may hear stories over and over and over, but you you hear uh, uh, the number one over and over and over, the number two over and over and over, the number thirty over and over and over, fifteen over and over. And over. Do you know we go around the calendar and we we actually confess the same calendar date over and over and over for years? Well, we never complain, do we? But when we hear a story over and over and over, he said that before. <laughs> I already heard that one. Some of you, we talk to you guys, you tell the same thing, same stories over and over and over. <laughs> yeah, you, you say, say, same impact, it's the same thing over and over and over. You talk about what your kids did over and over and over. But nobody sits there and go, oh God, here we go again. But you hear something at church over and over and over. Then it's like, it's too much. Why are you hearing over and over and over? Until it becomes a part of you. Just like math, we can count, not because they told us one time. Not because they told us on Monday either. They went through old, layered learning over and over and over until it became a part of us. So we're not in here just, listen, you hear me say all the time, I've told this story before. That means I'm aware. <laughs> that means I'm aware I told the story before, but it applies in this situation. And some of some people haven't gotten it yet, right? With your kids, you, why do you keep telling me that? Because uh, I want you to do it. Guess what? God is saying the reason why you're hearing it because it ain't took yet. He needs it to take for us. All right. So I said that to say, um, uh. This whole thing about being tested and, and, and going through different things, you know, even as an a, a athlete, uh, I told you I did Bible study with a football team, and the guy came in, he was like, you know, Mr. Bradley, man, 
terrible day, man. I messed up. And, you know, and I said, I said, well, great, good. It's good. He was like, what do you mean good, man? I messed up, man. I'm trying to get a, on a starting spot. I said, well, how are they going to see how you handle when you mess up? Whether you realize it or not, you're going to mess up. But messing up in your practice field is totally different than messing up in front of 105,000 people. I said, how do you think they, they test if you can handle 105,000? They keep the pressure on you. Over and over. I mean, these coaches, there, there's no, hey, that's okay, buddy. No, because in college football, if you lose a game, it could cost you your entire season. Like you can't afford, and you can lose a game on a play. One after a very close friend, they were vying for the national championship, number ranked number one in the nation. They didn't win the national championship on one play. And this person will tell you this, and the, the quarterback is playing in the NFL right now. Guy drops back. The quarterback looks over this way. He's looking this way. Well. The guy that's playing defense figures the quarterback is thrown over that way. So he runs over that way. Quarterback never was thrown over that way. He just looked over that way. It's kind of like what I do in chess. He just looked over that way just so all the intention would be over here. And he threw it over here. Split second. One play within a few seconds, scores a touchdown. They, they win the game, only loss of the season. They miss the national championship. Now, I'm talking about football, but our life is that way. We think we can take a break. We can relax. We can slip and dip. But that one time could be costing us more than we realize. That's setting off a momentum. And we're willing to risk it. You understand what I'm saying? Right, right. So, so, so God is testing us to see What's our sustaining power if we're fireproof, right, for a particular reason? So uh, Psalm 112, verse 7 and 8. It says, his heart is established. No, I'm sorry. Verse 7. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see to, until he see his desire upon his enemies. So he, this, this, this person has a staying power until he sees the result. So, so, so we live too much in I tried as if it's over. No, 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 no. We're, we're Christians. We're not trying. We're doing until we get the results. Right? How long? Until we get the results. Right? And then after we get the results, we're establishing uh, new goals. And so, so this fireproof person or Christian or a person that's um, able to withstand some things, they're able to withstand and recover quickly from difficult situations. So God is saying, I want to commend those that have been sticking and stand in the midst of truth. Because truth shakes people. Truth rattles people. Sometimes truth offends people. Out of all things, it's supposed to free you. But it'll bind up some people. Because we live in a culture where truth is flipped into judgment. 
So somebody tell you the truth is like, oh, so you judging me? You judging me now? No, 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 I'm actually telling you the truth. I'm not passing sentence as to why this truth is a fact. Then I will be judging you. I don't know why you're operating this truth. But if I say you're not reliable, you haven't been reliable. But if I say you haven't been reliable because you don't care about nothing or nobody, well, now I'm passing sentence. You can say I'm judging you. But if you haven't been reliable, I just said the truth. You haven't been reliable. We haven't been able to depend on you. Why are you offended? If somebody says you stink and you actually stink, <laughs> right? <laughs> I couldn't hold that one. Very few people will probably tell you, but if you actually stink, they're not judging you. Oh, so you try to judge me? No, you actually stink. <laughs> no, no, really, you smell. Right? See, see, again, look, 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 look. How, how do you process that? If somebody tells you you're lazy, out of shape, you eat too much, if you are doing that, why are you offended? If they say what your intent is as to why, now you can say they're judging you. Does that make sense? I mean, we talk about that here at the church before. That shouldn't be foreign here. So this is, this is talking about sticking and staying in the midst of even truth. Proverbs 24. Let's go there real quick. See, we're leaving the fire before things have been burnt out. Right? We're, re we're running and retreating the, the, the discipline, because that discipline is the fire. When everything hasn't been, we haven't gotten our desired results yet. So, uh, Proverbs 24, and we'll read verse 16 here. It says, for the just man, what, what kind of man? Now we know a man, underneath man is male and female. So the just male or female, the just is a person generally is in right standing, a righteous type living person. We agree with that when it says the just, the just shall live by faith. Now that's not an evil person, right? I so look, look, it says here, it says for the just man falleth, what? Seven times. It's seven levels to, to this person's fall. And each fall is another opportunity for a test. So, so God already knows you're going to have to hang in there sometime. If the just man falls seven times, what do you think the unrighteous person does? <laughs> it says, and rises up, the just man falls seven times and rises up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. So look, look, look. We're looking at falling as okay something's wrong with me no even the just person is gonna fall it says but that person rises up every time it says the the wicked twisted person perverted person the unrighteous person that person does he doesn't fall and rise up again he falls into mischief he actually slips into a place where they even lose sight of God see because the person that falls and, and, and is wicked doesn't learn from the fall. They justify the fall or they excuses it or blames others for it. They don't take responsibility for their fall. So they're going to keep on falling. Right? Because they, they haven't learned the lesson. See, see, if Amelia had been tripping, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't have got mad. So if she gets herself together, 
I'm going to do right. What? See, see, man, see, that coach, man, see, that coach, man, he don't know what he's doing. Okay, so if he starts knowing what he's doing, then I'm going to do right. See, Pastor Keith, man, he's too sarcastic for me. So if he starts and stops the sarcasm, you're going to do right. See, my parents, man, if they would have gave me a better, a better opportunity, a better shot at this thing, man, I'd be sweet now. Oh, so if my parents had their selves together, then I'd be fine. See, it's all on somebody else. So what am I going to do? I'm going to continue to do the same thing because I'm not learning from it. I'm the one that has to learn from it. Me, Keith. Right? And then uh, I'm going to see how I, I bounce back because I learn. And you know, I just tell my, my supervisors, all my supervisors, I had one guy, I uh, just saw him on a post. I realized the way he, why he was the way he was. I saw he was, he was uh, so was it a master sergeant? So that's, that's the one with the sergeant stripes, but he got a couple of couple of other things under it, right? So I guess he was a master shot. I didn't know this back then. So I, when I worked in corrections, he was my supervisor. And that dude, man, he was just on it. And so he would intimidate everybody. Oh, here you go. And so I wouldn't trip. I just was like, listen, man, just allow me to make the mistake twice. I said, have you ever seen me do something twice? I said, I just blew it on this one. I said, but I guarantee you it won't happen again. I, gave, I give myself permission to make a mistake. Because I'm going to learn from it. Now, other people don't give me permission to make. <laughs> you know, they, they're not. <laughs> they're not as forgiving as. What's wrong with you? How, how can you do this? This is a mistake. You know, like yeah, yeah, but you shouldn't have done it. You should be perfect. So we have to allow mistakes because that's how we learn and that's how we grow. We're not. We're not dealing in reality if we think we're going to live a mistakeless life, right? Right? So, so, and this is the thing. People aren't disappointed because you've fallen. They're frustrated when you use falling or failing as an excuse to quit. So people are not as frustrated that you fail. But when you use it as an excuse to quit, that's what frustrates people. You see the difference? So, 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 uh, we're not going to go through the specifics of it, but if you get a chance, read through Job chapter 2 uh, and, and verses 1 through 10. We know the story of Job. We know all the stuff they went through, but when it starts out, it says, what, all the stuff Job went through, it said he did not sin with his lips. You know, there's people trying to get him to curse God and do all types of stuff. It says Job, Job did not sin with his lips. He didn't say anything opposite of what God would want him to say as much as he was going through. Now, we ain't went through what Job went through. He's just losing everything. And, and if that wasn't enough, he's getting diseases. Then your boy's talking about you. But it said Job did not sin with his lips. And, and remember what I said about learning from stuff. Job actually learned from, from his experience. When Job was pegged as a righteous man and had all types of stuff, lost everything, had every could have used this God I can't believe you did this that and the other now, now Job has some weird conversation 
But Job took responsibility. Job 325, it says, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. Job didn't say, because you did this and because you did that. He said, wait a minute. It was my fear. And you study it out. Job had everything. So Job was given offering. This is good. He was given his tithes and offering out of love for God. He, he was rolling, right? He had all this stuff. And he says, man, I love the Lord. I just, you know, I just want to show my appreciation. Then his kids start doing some crazy stuff. Job shifted from giving offerings out of his love from God to giving offerings out of fear of losing everything. So now he's sowing out of fear, not out of faith. And so then the scripture says in Job 325, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. Because that's what I was playing off of fear now. I wasn't playing off of my love for God. Right? So he he took responsibility. He accepted. See, that's somebody that fell and can get back up. Because he did it wasn't excuses, it wasn't justifications, it was there's some things I need to do to change, right? Does that make sense? Remember the man said, uh, uh, Jesus was like, do you believe? He said, I believe. Lord, help my unbelief. There's something else in me that I need to go to another level, right? He said, the Bible says in the last days, men's hearts will fail. So in their, in their core, they're going to be tempted to quit. Jesus says, uh, he told Peter, he says, Satan desires to sift you as wheat, break you down to nothing. He says, I'm praying that your faith fails not. What, what we're talking about here is Satan desires to almost like uh, what is it, cremate, cremate our lives, burn us to ash, break our faith down to ash, Right? Jesus says, I'm praying that your faith fails not. He didn't say you won't slip and fall. He's saying, but that measure of faith that's in you, Romans 12, 3, I'm praying that that faith, that Luke 22, 31 and 32 is what I just talked about. When Jesus said, I'm praying that your faith fails not. He, said, he, says, he says, I'm praying that you hold on to that measure of faith. That when it's tried, like 1 Peter 1, 7 says, when it's tried, it sustains to a point where you recognize you're fireproof. He says, I'm praying for that because you're going to be tested. You're going to be tested to, to, to know that you'll have this faith to make an exchange when it's time for you to receive what I have for you. See, I can have it for you, but for you to absorb it, to receive it, you got to have the faith to exchange it. Uh, the scripture says when a son of man comes shall he find faith faith is an enduring belief we talked about in our living faith discipleship class it's an enduring belief it's not just faith moments but it's a faith life right so we said you have a measure of faith this is, this is the uh, living faith class um, but you have a measure of faith in Romans 12.3 but you don't want just that measure on the inside you want it risen, resurrected to the surface. So the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. So, you, so when you bring the faith to the surface, you don't want it just to the surface, you want it activated, right? Faith uh, worketh by love. Like when you are, the more selfless you are, 
you actually empower that faith. And that's Galatians 5, 6, right? Galatians 5, 6. These are just our faith principles. Then we don't want just the faith activated in a moment. At that time, you know how you, you, know how you work hard. I'm going to hang in there, man. I'm going to have faith. And you finally have that breakthrough of faith and you get the blessing, right? It ain't over. See, see we want that faith to live throughout our lives. We want to just shall live by faith. It's not, a, it's not that great faith moment. It's a faith life. Now, how does that faith live through all those testing trials? See, we want that faith sustaining. We want the faith fireproof, right? So no matter what comes at us, we understand. I, look, look, I have the faith to exchange. Satan is trying to break that faith down into ash. He's trying to cremate that faith. So when God's blessing is hovering over you and, is, and, and everything is galvanized at the appointed time, you don't have the faith to exchange, to even believe, to bring it in, to draw it in. See, it's not, it's not, a, it's not something you chase. We're not chasing uh, purpose and dreams. It's supposed to be chasing us. Scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, righteousness and all things shall be added unto you. Well, the thing is, when it's right there, the way you make the exchange is through faith. That's how you draw it in. Faith is the substance of things hopeful and evidence of things not seen. And so, so all these testings is making sure, hey, is your faith fireproof? Is your faith sustaining? Is your faith eternal? Do you live by this? Do you breathe faith? Right? That's why you go through different tests and trials because as much as we want, we're believing for the car, we believe for our, our finance to take care of, we believe for our healing and all this stuff. I get I, these things are not bad, but what I'm saying is we're here for a purpose. And when you start in that purpose lane and you're in that purpose place in the atmosphere, when you break into purpose uh, state and uh, so they start to shake a little bit. Then when you start to get in the in the perfect uh, uh, county, oh, the demons are shaking even more. When you start to get into the city, they're really shaking. When you get on the block, they about they're going crazy, and they're hoping you don't have the faith to make the exchange for what you need to totally destroy. That's it. So it's bigger than just, you know, what's going to comfort us in this earthly life. If you step back and you're honest with yourself, half of this stuff is nice, but it's not fulfilling. Yeah, I mean, just sometimes you just got to sit down and look at stuff for what it is. Sometimes you got to drive your car and look at your car and realize that stuff plastic, but they told you it was leather. Like you just got to... You know what I mean? I mean, I got, I, got the, I got the fake stuff in my car, too. I'm just saying. But sometimes you got to look at it. When you first get it, I don't care what. Pick a car. I don't care what level of car you get. Some of that stuff, man, if it get too hot, that plastic start melting. If you got it too long, the, the color start fading. Right? What I'm saying is, it's, it's, it's nice. I, we like stuff. It's nice, but it, it don't fulfill you. Think about the stuff when you first got it, how it felt. Think about it, think about it now. Uh, every house we've been into, you first, oh, that is nice. That's nice, baby. Oh, man, it's nice. But after a while, you be like, man, we need to move. 
Man, I can't wait to get out of this house. <laughs> right? Why? Because it's not designed to fulfill you. And so what I'm saying is, God wants us to recalibrate ourselves to locking in on what he has and, and making ourselves fireproof and then enjoy the things he gave you richly to enjoy. But enjoyment means they're not your life. They're not your God. You don't worship. It, you don't stop your flow of God. Like we're not even, sometimes we're not even playing off of a flow of God. We're playing off of a flow of the world and we, we, it's almost like God, we're doing you a favor. Hey, we came to church. Man, whew, I pressed, man. I came to church. I came to Wednesday night Bible study. Almost like I did God a favor. No. That would, that's the least we can do. Like, do you say that when you brush your teeth in the morning? Like, you brush your teeth, man. I brushed my teeth today. Come on, God. I did brush my teeth. I mean, we don't think like, do we? Or when y'all be getting that hair done, do you go, hey, I got that hair done. Come on, God. I got the hair done. No, 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 no. no. Like, we, we don't think we're doing nobody a favor then. I hope not. you doing you a favor, ain't you? Okay, I'm telling you, you doing <laughs> Right? So what I'm saying is, why is it when we do the God stuff, we have this thought process like we did him a, 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 a solid. Lord, I did you a solid. How's that church? Look, look, I studied all week this week. Seven whole days. Seven straight days I read. Oh, you know what's going to happen when, when, you know, after Sunday. Oh, I'm about to chill. Like, seven whole days of studying? Because ain't, ain't that the flow after fast week? I fasted for fast week. I really fasted this time. <laughs> right? And then after the fast week's over, it's like, oh, I could, I'm about to chill. I, I got at least three or four days. I got three, three four days where I could chill. So, and then you haven't seen like, it seemed like after fast week, stuff be getting crazy. Yeah, y'all can tell y'all guys. Give me the amens. I don't really know. Because it's something that, like the, remember, Jesus fasted for 40 days, remember? Right. And, and, and when he fasted, right after that is when he got tested. Like, like it wasn't like, because the devil tried to get him at his most vulnerable point. Right? While he was in the flames. You know, not while he was, you know, recovering and strong. So, so again, it's going to take some endurance. Hebrews 6. Let's go to Hebrews 6. And, you know, I learned something. Again, I know I use sports because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an athlete. And, of course, I, I played a lot of sports. Played baseball and football, all that stuff. But I've invested most of my time. <laughs> Don't say nothing, Pastor Mal. And most of my life in the basketball. <laughs> I know it's an amen over there, right? And so, so now this is before we met when I was really serious and I was pursuing basketball. So I knew, I just went to some pro camps and I knew you had to make a certain amount of shots in a row. So they would test you on, you had to make like out of 100 shots, 100 foul shots, a certain amount in a row. So me, I wanted to make 100. Like I didn't want to be like 100 for 100. Like I so I would work on, I shot with both hands. So I would work on shooting and, you know, I, but I wanted to get to a certain amount in my practice, like at least 50 in a row or whatever. 
And so what I learned to, 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 make, to make consistent shots, I can't be one, two. No, I had to do one, 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 one. So my ritual is, you know, I step about, I don't know, I step about, about four or five steps away from the line when I shoot to make me follow through. And so it's toe, knee, elbow, reaching the net. So it's, it's, and then I dribble, take a spin, dribble, take a spin, and then shoot. That's one. Then I would do the same thing over and over and over again. One, 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 one. So one day I'm in the gym by myself, and I think I got up to about, uh, I got up to 55. And so a guy comes in the gym and he's like, yo, how many you got? It's like 55. Now, mind you, before he came in the gym, I was one, 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 one. But when he come in the gym now, like, yeah, 56. Now I'm with a smile on my face. Yeah, that's 57. Now I'm still not, I'm not thinking one, one, one. I'm going 58, 59. So I got to 61 and I miss. But the interesting thing is like, through the 61 process, it was at least four times. Four times when the shot barely went. My mind was like, I wasn't as confident. I was in between. And, uh, I was like, Whew, I almost missed it. So then I went back on the rhythm again. Well, this is what's going on in our lives. It's not 38 moments of temptation. It's like three or four different moments. If you get through those moments, you pick back up rhythm again. Right? But you got to be able to handle those four or five moments. And they're not in succession. The devil's trying to time them. If, if you're disciplined reading, it ain't the whole time. You, you, the whole, that's, I'm going to read for the whole week. It ain't the whole week you, 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 you tripping. It ain't every moment in a week. It's a couple moments where you're tempted. Ah, I'm not going to do it. Get past that moment. What I did when I first started reading, tried to discipline myself, I would fall asleep. You know how you first start reading, you, you fall asleep. So I would get up, go to the refrigerator, come back and start reading again. Because when I got up, I was wide awake. You ever like read, you fall asleep, you're like, it's time to go to bed. You get upstairs and you're wide awake. So, so what it is, you got to trick your mind. It's just moments. Discipline is about moments. If you get over the moment, you pick back up the rhythm, all right? And so I'm saying this because we're going to have to endure some things. Hebrews 6, 12. It says, that ye be not slowful, but followers of them who, who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So we're trying to possess the promises, right? We're trying to possess, and I'm going to get into something about that in another teaching, but we're trying to get to the promises. But it's through faith and patience. So we got to hold on to our patience, right? Hold on to our faith and be patient to go through every stage. Do you understand? We got to patiently navigate through every stage. Patiently navigate through every stage, okay? And then let's go to First Peter five. First Peter five. Now I'm gonna give you a scripture. We're going to First Peter five, but I'll give you Romans eight. And Romans eight says Romans eight eighteen. Romans eight is just powerful in general, right? 
just is one of the chapters I try to read consistently. Uh, but, but, you know, Romans 8 all, all opens up with there's no condemnation of them that are in Christ Jesus, verse 1. So it starts getting down talking about the, the carnal mind versus the, the fleshly mind. Carnally mind is death, to be fleshly mind is life and peace. But they that are in the flesh can't please God by the time you get down to verse 8. Right? You know, so, 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 so Romans' process is going, is telling you we got to go after the spirit. We got to walk into the spirit. But by the time it gets down, to, and it tells you they are led by the spirit of the sons of God, verse 11, and you get down to verse 18, it says the sufferings of this present time, this time where we're trying to, while we're in the fire. Is not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us after we've endured the fire. Right? Romans 8.18. Then, you know, as you keep, just, then that's when it says all creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Verse 19, it says they're groaning and travailing, waiting for us to manifest, come out of the fire with all the impurities gone, all the things that we've been weighing us down, that we've been carrying, all the little vices in the kryptonite that's been weakening us, is waiting for us to come out of the fire. All our little, uh, our little pet peeves, you know, that we go, well, God's not done with me yet. Well, you know, uh, God's still working on me. I, I respect that. In a lot of cases, God's still working on me. But in some cases, we ain't even in the fire talking about God's working on us. Like, we done left the fire go, hey, God's still working on me. What we're saying is, I know I got to go back to the fire, but right now I just don't feel like it. Right? But then we justify that position as opposed to hanging in there, and it looks different when you're in the fire. It's humbling. It's humbling. Like, there's no scowl in the fire. Look, look, you ain't in the fire with your game face. It's hot. Like, I, was, I got in the water uh, for the baptism. And so, so Nate was filming it because he had took me to this cryo, cry, I think it's called cryogenic. So what it is is you sit in this, this machine and it's, it's cold. Like, it's extremely cold. And so you're not fully clothed either. It's extremely cold. So I was like, okay, cool. And I, I know cold stuff helps you, you know, heal better. So I get in there. Now, now I'm inside. Everybody else is outside. So I'm in there. Woo! 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 Yeah, like, like this, it's only like, I think it's only like 30 seconds. I'm not sure. But I'm in there. Woo! Woo! Because I don't like cold. I can get in hot as hot. But so I'm in there. So when I come out, everybody's laughing. So I said, Y'all heard me? He was like, Yeah, man. He said, he says, I wish I'd have videotaped it. Well, the baptism, uh, the, the water wasn't, the plug wasn't plugged in right, so it was cold. So when I came out, we all went, I tested it with my hand. I said, I'm asked out that cold. So when I get in, it, actually, <laughs> it was cold and I started. So I was like, whoa. So they got that on film too. Me, whoa. But, but I wasn't in there like, yeah, it's a little cold. Man, it's cold, man. No, no. I was like, whoa. It wasn't no cool points. It was nothing. It was I'm cold. So what I'm saying is when you, when you in a fire and it's hot, you ain't in there like, What's up? You, ha, oh, you, 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 no, I can't get out yet. Ha, ooh, ooh, like something, you feeling something. You know what I'm saying? It's not, see, it's humbling, is what I'm saying. Right? It's not, see, see and that's the thing is, you can tell when you ain't in the fire. 
You know, you, you got all, you get, you. Man, you ain't in no fire, right? <laughs> right, so, so, so some of the things we go through, it's going to um, be excruciating. So First Peter, I said First Peter, right? Five. Uh, verse 10, it says, but God, but the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have what? After you, ye have suffered a, wait, wait. It didn't say after you have suffered a minute, did it? What does it say there? I'm, I'm, I'm reading the King James. I just like the King James. It says, after you suffered a while, make you perfect, complete establish strengthen settle you but but all that starts after you suffered a while see when we're trying to get around the suffering he can't strengthen settle us into what for what God has for us because we've avoided the suffering the scripture says except a corner wheat fall to the ground and die it can't bring forth fruit uh Corn of wheat is, is likened to a seed, except the seed go on the ground and gets broken. And when it, it breaks, it, once it's broken, it, what's in it, the vegetation, what its purpose, what it's supposed to produce, is released and it comes out of it, but not until it's broken. But a lot of things God sent, we were like, Lord, oh my God, I can see, that's what I'm supposed to be. Lord, I want that. God goes, no problem. Let me sing you what it takes to break you. We are, oh, babe, almost got broken there. Woo. We're trying to, we're, we're praying for things. God is sending us what we need. We're, you know, <laughs> we like the kids. We're trying to get her. You can't catch me. You can't catch me. Ah, no, 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 no. We, we got to allow the brokenness. The fire's coming to try us, and we're like, whoa, I almost got, I almost got torched. Yes, that's what you want. Be still and know that I'm God. Fear not, stand still in the flames and see the salvation of the Lord. Exodus 14, 13 and 14. Psalm 46, 10. Right, so we got to allow this thing so we can actually see come out fireproof. So we can come out fireproof. See, this fireproof person operates in a knowing. They know that even though these flames are getting higher and hotter, they're like Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. They know God got me on this. I don't care how hot it gets. I'm going to be all right. See, we only have their testimonies because they believe they knew God would deliver them. They didn't try to deliver themselves. And sometimes it seems far-fetched, man, did they, did, was they in a fire fire? But see, there's a lot of things going on in your life that people are going to go, now, were they broke broke? Did they really go out there by themselves? I mean, did they have no money? Or, wait a minute, did they really have cancer, cancer, cancer? See, see, there's a lot of people going to be asking those same questions because you stood in the fire. I mean, did you, did you just go like God told you to go and you went? How does that look? 
How did you deal with the uncertainty? Oh, the uncertainty was the fire, man. I was burning up. But a knowing, I had an unction from the Holy One. And I knew I was getting through this one. Right? 1 John 2.20. See, 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 to stand that fire, you gotta, you gotta almost, uh, the scripture says, uh, buff, I buffet my body daily. Uh, you know, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him. You gotta deny self. You gotta deny self-confidence. Now, self-confidence is different than God-confidence. So self-confidence is what we call in our culture swag, right? That's self-confidence. God-confidence is what we call peace. <laughs> See, we're in peace when we're in God-confidence. He'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. When we're in the world-confidence, is swag, you know, but that doesn't keep you, that don't keep you in the flames, right? That had, that's trying to keep you to avoid the flame. So you got you to gotta deny self, self-confidence. You also got to deny self-pity. When you're in self-pity, you're playing a victim. So, so you're a victim, not a victor. See, when, you're, when, you, when you play the victim, that's hustle. When you're victor, that's holy. So you gotta, st you, we can't keep, and, and that's, you know, listen, we're all human, you know, you watch these kids sometimes, they play the victim in a heartbeat. <laughs> like, but some of us are almost like the kids. When, when, uh, oh, especially, especially when you, you're found out, when somebody's about to hit you with a truth that's gonna burn out what's been getting, in the, what's been getting you in trouble. Our reflex is to not embrace the flames, but to justify our position by playing a victim. Well, see, see, Pastor Mel, you, you, you don't even care about me. See, I knew, I knew, I knew you ain't care about me, Pastor Mel. But what I'm saying is, I don't want, I'm getting, I'm not, I'm not, something's getting burnt out. And, and, and I got to get it, I got to figure, I got to get out of it. My default is always go to the victim. That, that'll get back you up off me. Because if, you, if, you, if I play the victim, you'll be like, oh my God, am I crushing them? Am I, oh, am I destroying them? Oh my God, I'm sorry. Oh, did I really do that to you? Sorry about that, Pastor Mel. You okay? Right? See, you got to watch that, right? Right? So, because you, you're avoiding being, becoming fireproof. Right? See, see, but that's self-pity. Self-confidence, self-pity is not your friend. So, so, so fireproof, I got, I, got to, I got to end up closing here, but fireproof is forged character. That's, when we're fireproof, we have character. Like, we have, a, uh, the scripture says, Ephesians 1, uh, 18, be strengthened with might in the inner man. So, so, so now, now it's not, it's not a, a surface strength, a front. It's a core strength. See, 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 Steph, when I got the core strength, I can do the right thing even when no one's watching. I live in doing the right thing. I'm not just doing it in public or on a, on, or, or on a platform. That's, this, is, this is my core. This is my default. I go, like, even when I, if, if I'm tempted to slip, I keep going back to discipline, not the other way around. When I'm tempted to be disciplined, I keep going back 
to slowfulness. You see what I'm saying? So, so I'm strengthened with might in my inner man. And that fire, do that. It'll purge out the things that's weakening your strength. And you're going to need core strength, character, to get what God has for you. Ed, character, to get what God has for you. you it's an it's a inner strength. There's something coming that needs you so strong at your core. That God's trying to burn out anything that's weakening that. See, this, that character is the strength to die for others. Lay down your life and your like for your friend. It's strong enough to maintain our, our, our hunger and our thirst to cross over into fulfilling, fulfillment or quenching. Scripture says, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled in Matthew. So it's, 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 a, it's a strength to cross over into being filled with all the fullness of God, Ephesians 3.19. It's having the strength to search the scriptures further than just our truth. See, so sometimes we search the scriptures, but as far as our truth only. We don't go beyond our truth and discover something that we can't see or that, that we've never done that's going to challenge us. So it's beyond information to revelation to manifestation beyond information to revelation to manifestation that's that fireproof level see we're going to end here with this scripture in um, Isaiah 40 You know, you know, as as pastors, uh, we were talking to uh, we were talking to some people, and uh, you know, they they had wanted to do something that we couldn't do because it would have compromised. Um, they weren't trying to do nothing evil. It's just, and it might have been. It's one of those things. We'd be like, well, what's the big deal? Well. The big deal is it would have compromised the foundation of what God has established. And so we said, well, well, we can't do that. You know, and it's like, oh, well, yeah, I don't even think it's that big of a deal. Well, we actually have a responsibility. So we was talking to them later on. They said, you know what? What we like about y'all is y'all didn't compromise. So they gave an example of, they said, we went to an event. It was at a church. Uh, but it was one of those movie events, like, uh, you know, uh, it was a black movie event. I won't get to specifics, but it was at the church. So, so they, they, the church let them, they, they had all types of drinking and all types of stuff. And so, so the, the person that went was like, okay, we participated, but the whole time I was like, I felt bad for the church. So it was like, even though I might not be doing what I'm supposed to do, but I, I, I would figure the church holds a standard. And so, so I said, that's a perfect example because if we would have did what you guys asked us to do just for the sake of, well, you know, we don't want them to think we're nitpicky or whatever or we're being, or legalism, there would have been at least 
20, 30 people that would have shown up at the event and be like, so this is what this, this church is okay with that? They would have left out going, man, I went to that church, man. They, they ain't doing God stuff. You see what I'm saying? So we're responsible for that. So we had to deal with some of the weight of that. Um, and then sometimes that's what it takes to, to have strength. So Isaiah 40, verse 28, 28. It says, Has thou not known, has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, look, faint if not means he doesn't give up. Neither is weary. There is, there is no searching his understanding. So it's saying that God doesn't even give up on us. He can't. God is, doesn't give up. Now, now look at what it says. Even when we're at our limit, verse 29 says, he gives power to the faint, those that are tempted to give up. It says, them that have no might, he increases strength. It says, even the youth shall faint, would be tempted to give up and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait on the Lord, stand the fire. The Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint, not give up. Well, sometimes we have to get to the end of ourselves, right? That's we have to allow that fire to burn out what's in the way. And even in your time of weakness, the Bible says, in my time of weakness, God is strong in us. Uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, he says, he says, I besought the Lord three times. Lord, let this, let this cup pass for me. He says, he says, the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for thee. In your time of weakness, I'm strong. He says, so, so Paul said, right? so now I glory in infirmities and tribulations and tests and trials and fire. Because I know when I'm weak, when I'm burnt out the way, God is stronger in my life. And so we're trying to hold on to self. We're trying to save face. No, we got to allow self to get burned up to make a way for God's image to be revealed in our lives. That's all we have for today. Let's, let's, uh, let's uh, talk to the people online. And any thoughts, anything stood out for you, anything challenged you, any thoughts from anybody that's calling in?